matter, kid? Don't you like clowns? Why? Don't we make you laugh? Aren't we? Come play with us, Danny. Bad luck to kill a seabird. Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Horror Flicks and Guitar Picks podcast. I'm your host, Trash Mouth. And this week, my guest is the one and only Nilly Brosh, guitar player for the legendary composer, Danny Elfman, as well as the animated band, Death Clock, from the hit TV show, Metalocalypse. Now, before we get into this week's interview, this is my last episode before Christmas. So I just want to say a huge Merry Christmas out there to all my guests that celebrate Christmas. And thank you for an awesome year full of your support. And I can't wait to see what 2021 holds. Now, I also want to say a happy belated Hanukkah because I missed that. That was earlier, uh, about a week ago or so. And I also want to say happy Kwanzaa to those celebrating starting on the 26th here in the United States. So, And since we're on the note of Christmas, I'll go ahead and throw out a few Christmas horror recommendations. Some of my favorites to watch are Krampus, uh, Christmas Evil, uh, and I also really like the foreign film Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale. All those, I think, are streaming somewhere. I know Krampus is streaming at least on, like, my cable on demand. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere else, but I know it's on that. Shudder, uh, Amazon Prime, I think even Tubi has Rare Exports. And Christmas Evil is on Shutter as well, so. And last but not least, before we jump into the interview, I just want to start by saying when I hit up Nilly to do the interview, she gave me a heads up that she wasn't a huge horror fan, but I figured that most people of this podcast were probably either a Danny Elfman fan and or a Death Clock fan. So we, of course, talk about those things, and we do talk a little bit about horror movies as well, so. Uh, however, if you don't get your full kick of horror movies from this episode, I dropped my top 10 horror movies of 2020 as well on the same day so you can check that out right after if you haven't already so now with that being said go follow me on facebook instagram and twitter especially instagram because you know i'm way more up to date up there than anywhere else and here's the interview hey how's it going hey how are you doing good thank you for coming on the show thanks for having me of course i appreciate you coming on uh since you're not really a big horror fan we'll kind of do more like an artist profile you know we'll talk about all the stuff that you do I just really admire your guitar player. And so even when you were saying that you're not a you know horror fan, I still wanted to have you on the show. So. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Of course. Uh, yeah. So if you don't mind, let's just start from the beginning. You know, uh, when did you pick up a guitar and, you know, what was your inspiration? Uh, well, I guess the first time I really picked up a guitar was I started taking um, classical guitar lessons when I was seven mm. uh, because my older brother, Ethan Brosh, he plays guitar and I wanted to be like him and and the uh, the route to that according to uh my parents at least was you can't play an electric guitar you gotta get this first you know yeah. that type of thing and you know as a as a young kid I kind of quit and come back to it like many times you know but I I knew here and there some basics and whatever and by the time that I was 12 I kind of got into some you know, electric guitar music and, mm-hmm. and metal and stuff like that. And that's, you know, that's really the stuff that made me want to play electric guitar. So pretty yeah. much from when I was in high school onward is when I really started practicing. Okay. And do you remember your first like gig that you had? You know, I guess my, my first like gigs were really like high school talent shows and that yeah. kind of thing, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, my first one was uh, at a Shriners Club meeting for a bunch of old guys. <laughs> like, we oh, were, cool! <laughs> one of our, one of my buddy's dad's, uh, 
uh, wanted us to play. So we just learned a bunch of covers. And uh, I was just a rhythm guitarist, especially back That's in middle fun. school. That's fun. It's yeah. fun. Always fun gigs. Yeah. Doing some like Almond Brothers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But before we move into some of the other stuff you do, you have some solo work that you do. You just released uh, a single called A Strange back in August, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind, tell me a little bit about the process of, you know, making that and releasing it. And then uh, do you have any plans as far as like a full length or another single or anything like that? Well, sure. So um, with Strange, as with most of my music, uh, mm. over the years, it's become more like I, I will hear the melody in my head or at least like a little, you know, something to tack on to I hear yeah. in my head. And then I start developing it from there, you know. So a lot of times I'll hear you know, a complete melody and I'll, I'll know kind of what the chords are, you know, what I mean them to be and what I want to do with the arrangement and kind of like sketch out a basic plan. So usually by the time I come to my guitar or my workstation or my, you know, my DAW or whatever to, to demo it out, I have at least like a vague idea of, of what I want to do. I mean, that's not to say that I haven't written songs in like a bunch of different ways, but you know, over the years, it's just kind of become more and more towards that part you know that way yeah um but i kind of prefer it when it happens that way anyway because at least i know that if i had the idea in my head that's really what i meant to say you know so regardless of whether i think it's good or it's bad or whatever if it really feels like it didn't come from noodling it didn't come from writing something out it didn't come from like an exercise you know it's really for whatever reason i heard something and i went for it that's how i hope to to do it you know yeah yeah and i know what you mean sometimes if you sit on something too long you tweak it and then it becomes something that like doesn't even sound like what you started with so yeah i mean that's not it's not to say that there's no tweaking but it's it's like i feel like yeah i feel like i can trust it more if it's like oh okay i i knew that this was the idea yeah yeah you also play uh with death clock do you mind telling me how you linked up with uh brendan small and all them sure um so i've kind of known brendan like just in LA, like we had, you know, musicians in common that we both mm. played with and, you know, we would go to the same shows and, and we'll always run into each other and stuff. And we kind of became friends over the years and he's always been like really awesome, super supportive dude and, yeah. and, and everything. And then I never thought that like the death block thing would ever, first of all, I mean, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not like they're on tour all the time these days or anything like that anyway. Yeah. But, but, you know, beyond that and beyond the fact that I was a, you know, a sub um, because it's Mike Keneally's uh, guitar slot and everything, but, okay. you know, I, I didn't think that, <laughs> I, I actually thought that Brendan wouldn't want like a girl and he would want to like stay true to like the show or whatever, but it's yeah. like has nothing to do with how he thinks of it at all. Like he doesn't think of us as like the characters we're just a pit band you know what I mean so yeah I was very glad to find out that it's not like that to him at all so <laughs> do you have a favorite uh, death clock song to play to play and to listen to I think maybe I have two different ones but okay. uh, the gears is well the gears is really fun on both both counts let's go with that let's okay. go with the gears hell yeah 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 and uh fan and re- song is awesome too it's really fun which one fan song okay hell yeah <laughs> now like uh i actually i like um mermaid is probably my favorite but i do really like uh honestly i'd like the theme song i've always been a big fan oh of yeah the theme song for sure like that, for sure just because it uh 
I don't know, it's heavy as shit. And then I like the little like licks, licks in between, you know, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know what, I guess like little sweeps and stuff here and there and arpeggios or whatever, but so, and now you linked up with, well, actually, before we get onto that, do you mind telling me a little bit about how the process of was teaming up with the guys for uh, two minutes to late night and uh, doing those yeah, covers and stuff like they, that? They just hit me up like randomly. And it was like the funniest thing because I mean, I, I knew about them and everything, but we had never connected before mm. and it all came together really quickly. And, and they wrote to me and, were, and they're like, Hey, we're doing this like dead men's party thing. And, and I was like, wait <laughs> wait i i knew it was a coincidence they didn't know that i was you know playing with danny but like yeah i i knew that it was you know come up gonna come up really close to the announcement and everything and i was i was just shocked by like the song choice and the and the idea that they had to come to me and i'm like you guys have no idea what a crazy coincidence this is so we we just figured like okay this is perfect we'll go for it and it just worked out beautifully but oh, yeah. I, I really love how it was, it was like, you know, the double band thing with Protest the Hero and, and Death Clock because it, the way that they like approached to me about it, I didn't even realize that that was the point, you know, until I kind of got it, until it was out there and I saw it and I was like, oh, well, duh. Yeah. Like, that's why Pete and I are doing this together. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it was, it was fucking awesome. Hell yeah. And have you uh, always been a fan of Protest the Hero? I'm sure you're a fan now, you know. With, yeah, for um, sure. I mean, you know, it's just, there's so much good music out there and yeah. you never know who you're going to run into. So it's always fun. Oh yeah. Now they're one of the uh, few bands that I grew up on that were probably on the more technical side and stuff like that. Like mm. Sequoia's Throne is one of my all time favorite songs. But uh, speaking of that, was that how you announced that you uh, were playing for Danny Elfman? Was that video? No, it actually ended up being a couple of days later. I, okay. I, I didn't even know how it was going to all play out because we had, like, Danny had the his single come out um, on the 29th. Mm. And so I knew, like, we knew that that was going to happen. So I just assumed, like, okay, I'm going to make my announcement either then or, you know, if something else comes up before then because I knew that they might be teasing the the song so yeah. Danny ended up just like tagging me in a, in a post from when we were in the studio and then like he tagged me and I saw it on you know on my newsfeed on my Instagram and then like five seconds later my you know my phone blew up and everything and I was like okay I guess it's out there so I'm gonna say something now yeah. but I, I didn't know like you know I had a vague idea but I didn't know exactly when it was gonna all come out You're like Danny, sitting Danny, on it for eight months out. so yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then he spills the beans for you without you even knowing. <laughs> well, no, I, I I knew that it might be like that. Yeah, I just yeah. didn't know when. So it was like I was kind of like, okay, it could be today, it could be tomorrow, yeah. and I had like all my like you know B, plan B, plan C for like all the ways it could play out. No, nah, but but, uh, but then the two minutes to late night was like the perfect follow up for all that. Yeah. So it was well placed. <laughs> oh yeah, and then it's kind of like a nice little surprise, you know. You, like you said, you were waiting. Uh, you said eight months was how long you waited. Yeah, so yeah. of course, when that just happens, you're like, ooh, it's probably like a little sigh of relief. Like, now I can it, talk about it. Was it was a bigger relief than I could have expected because I, I didn't, you know, I'm not very good at, like, keeping secrets and stuff. And, yeah. And, and that's a big one, but, like, I had gotten so used to it, you know? And then, like, by the time that it was out there, I was just, like, it, it was such a huge relief that I didn't realize I was carrying such a thing with me the whole time. So I was so fucking glad it was out there. <laughs> How was that going in the studio and uh, working on Happy? That's a single you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. It was it was awesome. Um, luckily, I had rehearsed that song with him already because we were, um, as the press goes, we were supposed to premiere that for Coachella. Yeah. And that was the original thing that I was working on with him. 
Um, and then like I had one rehearsal and then, you know, everything shut down. It was right before, you know, it was like the middle of March. Yeah. And for me, it was like, we were just about to make the announcement and all this stuff. And, and uh, it just, felt like it disappeared like as quickly as it came. And we'd been making this joke like the whole time, like if those rehearsals even really happened, cause it just felt like we dreamed it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just like, I was, I was the only new band member. So for me, it was, it was really like, was that real? Yeah. But, um, but you know, I, I, I knew that like the plan was to, to be able to do stuff together and you know, whatever form that's gonna be. So I'm lucky to, to have gotten the chance to at least, you know, put the single out and you know look towards whatever next you know whatever will be next yeah getting to work with them before covid hit not just getting like oh you got the job but we're not gonna do anything for a while because of covid like at least yeah you gotta- i i mean it's still it still sucked but you know yeah. it's like it's it's kudos to him because he's such a i mean i'm, I'm sure everybody can imagine right but he's yeah. such a lovely person and he's such a like a a, a bandmate you know he doesn't think of us i don't think as like hired guns so mm. because going into it with that kind of community aspect to it i felt like okay i can trust that like this isn't you know it like oh i just got this thing and now it's completely gone away like i knew we would turn it into at least something yeah no, that's awesome. And uh, I really enjoyed the single. Uh, I know the music video was pretty creepy. Did, uh, yeah. did you see the music video before it was released? I or did. Was that I, did. I saw it. It wasn't like, it, it wasn't like a super finalized version, but it was like, yeah. it, it was pretty much there. And so, <laughs> and I'm very glad that I did because I didn't expect the reaction. Like I didn't expect it to be as terrifying to people as they said it was. Cause yeah. to me it was just like, Oh, creepy Halloween thing, you know? And then I was like, well, I guess, you know, I guess that is like really scary when you, when you watch it like that. So I think I, I just had like some preparation. Yeah. And there's definitely some frames in there that, uh, you know, even as an avid horror movie fan, I <laughs> saw some shit that I was like, Oh, that's pretty creepy. If that was actually like a character in us in something, it would be scary as shit. So now I really well, enjoyed it. I, I thought of you because I was just like, well, I, I passed my first horror movie test. So now I can go on Tim's podcast and he'll be proud. Hell yeah. Did, uh, so when you watched that, did you have to cover your eyes or were you? No, no, no. I mean, I, I think the fact that like I was with him when he like he showed it to me, like maybe I just yeah. felt safer. <laughs> But no, I mean, you know, I, I think also knowing the music for a long time and like kind of knowing what to expect and, and, and knowing like the, the subject matter and what he's going for with his new stuff. Like, I'm, I'm very glad that like, I mean, he's always been, if you listen lyrically to like even the early Oingo Boingo stuff and everything, mm. he's always said exactly what he wanted to say and <laughs> always like has something to say. So I'm happy to really be a part of that. Hell Yeah. And I know it's, uh, this is going to be a tough question because, I mean, they're both amazing, I'm sure. But would you say you're more excited to get back in the studio with Danny or would you say you're more excited to get out there and play some of his classics like on the road with him and stuff like that? Probably the live stuff just because I miss it yeah. so much, you know, and because Coachella really was a tease. I hope that, you know, whenever – I haven't looked in a while. The last I checked it was like still publicized that it's going to be in April of next year. Who the yeah. hell knows if that's a thing or not. But like – hopefully that'll still happen but touring in general like it it would be amazing and and I think I actually like the idea of it more now because it was all so rushed in the beginning and Mm. I think of now that we've had like this time to like get to know each other and all this stuff I'm like wow by the time like we hit the stage together it you know I really I feel like this is my fam my new family now you know so I'm just looking forward to that so much because 
I really felt like the new kid and it was amazing, but, but it was like, I still feel a little awkward. (laughs) No, I know what you mean. And he's got a ton of uh, music, you know, that's not like uh, in movies and stuff, but Mm -hmm. if you had to pick like a movie score that you're like excited to play, would, uh, which one would you say you're most excited to learn? Not necessarily like what's your favorite, but which Mm -hmm. one do you think is going to be the funnest to like transcribe, I guess, to guitar? I mean, I don't know what I would necessarily get to play because it, sure. the arrangements can change and everything, who, who knows, but like as far as, and it's hard to pick a favorite, but my favorite score by him is, is Nightmare. Yeah. So, cause that's it's just, I mean, I love the music so much. And when I fell in love with it, I mean, of course I knew about Danny's music and everything. And, and I still like knowing how amazing he is, I was like, I can't believe that anybody wrote this. Like, how does yeah. this even exist? You know, it's, it's just like, it's so incredible. And then the movie obviously, you know, has a special place in my heart too. So yeah, uh, it's as, as I can see by your sheets, it's something that they can't take away from a lot of us. So. No, yeah. yeah. I was going to say, usually I've moved my pillows so people can't see them, but oh, I was like, sorry, I gotta leave. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> I was just gonna say I gotta leave him for the uh, Danny Elfman guitar player. Oh, uh, I appreciate really. that. Well, I make that joke now too, where I'm just like I I'm totally like that lame band member with the swag, but I just I can't fucking help myself now. <laughs> now I uh, I was gonna say I saw that one video you did where um I'm sorry I'm really blanking on the title of the song, but oh, where okay. everybody was dancing and stuff like that. You were sitting on the couch hey. chilling. That video was sick as shit. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, I liked all the. Thank uh, you. That was pretty. That was a swag video, if I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But uh. Yeah, I'd have to say, as far as Nightmare Before Christmas, that's probably my favorite as well. I'm a huge Batman fan, though, so, of course, mm, Batman and Batman Returns, sure. all that. But he's actually done a, like, what's surprising is people forget that he's done a lot of horror movies, like, or at least, like, um, yeah. famous, like, horror movie, uh, horror com- like, some of them are kind of horror comedies, but he did uh, Nightbreed, yeah. which is a huge one to a lot of horror fans. He did, um, uh, he, what he just did Before I Wake, which I didn't even know he did until I was mm. prepping to interview you. But uh, so that's a movie I'll probably check out just because he did the score. But uh, <laughs> he did Mars Attacks, which is like a you know a lot of people that are like into horror like because it's kind of like yeah like at times he did uh, the Wolfman recently. So yeah, he does a lot of uh, he does the more like fantasy stuff that like lends the horror, but he also right. actually does like horror people you know, just think that he does the fantasy part, but he goes into the horror realm stuff, so. Yeah, I mean, he's, I, I believe from what I know that he's, I mean, he's such a huge cinema fan that I think a lot of like early cinema, type, yeah. you know, horror and sci-fi was like such a big thing that he grew up with that it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. And yeah. either, you know, he's all over the gamut on the other end of it too, you know, like I always forget, it's like he did the Desperate Housewives thing, yeah. <laughs> like who thinks of that, you know? Yeah. And then like, the um, Simpsons? huh then you do simpsons, simpsons yeah, yeah of course but but like you know he's he's known for that but then i think like he did like goodwill hunting and like i yeah. always forget that one you know or, or milk or like it's just there's just all over it it's crazy yeah but, and then his music is uh used in so many movies as well you know like he right. didn't do justice league but they still go back and use the old yeah. batman theme and then uh i don't think he did goosebumps but i know they used some of his music in goosebumps like the new oh, goosebumps that movie. i didn't know that but makes sense yeah i think it's like uh real quick like i can't remember exactly but it's either like they're watching something that he you know did a score mm-hmm. of, so they play the score throughout or they just like lend it you know something happens that's similar so they kind of i want to say it might be uh the headless horseman they might use a little bit of a sleepy mm-hmm. hollow score you know to lend in so but uh that's one thing i like about movies is when they do that like uh, my favorite one i don't know if you see a scream and they have like a scene in that where uh he's watching halloween on the tv and the score of halloween plays mm-hmm. out to his death like uh it plays out like 
you know, um, slowly and everything, like the little doo-doo-doo or whatever. And you see Michael Myers creeping on the TV, but then it shows Randy on the couch and you got Ghostface creeping behind him. So I always like when they, you know, are able to use other people's scores as like a little piece of a movie and so mm-hmm. you know especially if you can't afford Danny Elfman I mean not that he's expensive. well yeah but I, yeah it's it's just like a nice little homage you know yeah, yeah, yeah. it's it's yeah I agree with you I think that's cool I I like when it's just like a quote of something you know it's not yeah. like plagiarism it's not something that like they ripped off of it and it's not like completely the other direction it's just this little taste which is cool yeah no definitely so I know you're not a, a horror movie fan but I'm gonna ask you a few uh questions <laughs> okay. about horror movies just uh if you don't mind, do you have any memories like growing up where, you know, like you try to watch a horror movie or somebody like scared you purposely or anything like that with a horror movie? I, you know, I, I tried to think about that too. I tried to think about my own history with that stuff. And, and I don't know that I necessarily even really have one. I think yeah. it's just that since I was a kid, I was like so easily grossed out, you know, and just so like squeamish and everything. And, yeah. and also like, the concept of, I mean, forgive me because I, under, I understand people are so into it, but yeah. I, maybe you could explain this to me. Why is it fun to be scared when you're watching a movie? Uh, I mean, have you gotten that question before as a horror movie fan? Because that to me is the, always the thing that eluded me. No, um, I don't, I don't think I've ever actually gotten that question. Uh, my wife does ask me quite often, like, <laughs> why I like horror movies and stuff like that. She's like, uh, she's like, why do you like the gore? It just makes you seem disturbed. <laughs> and I'm like, well, there's at least there's millions of other people that might be disturbed. But uh, <laughs> as far as like, why I like being scared, I don't get scared a ton. There's times where I do mm-hmm. get creeped out. But I guess it's just, I mean, the same way people watch a movie and cry. I mean, why would mm-hmm. you watch a movie to cry? You know? It's, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, I, yeah, I guess I don't really do that all that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe I know what you mean. But I guess it's an escape in a way, but it's just like mm-hmm. like which ways you like your escape. You know what I mean? Like, because my thing is, I can watch a movie and get scared, and I'm one of those people I can turn a movie off, and it could have scared me a hundred times, but I can go to bed, so I'm fine. But um, I do know that there's people that can't do that, so I don't understand. Yeah. Sometimes I don't understand why some people are like. For instance, the other day, I told my mom to watch a movie, uh, and she's not one that's like says that she's a horror fan or nothing, but uh, I, t- I got her and my wife to watch a certain horror movie, and afterwards, they were like, that's terrifying. There was no nothing to the story that was like meaningful. They're like, why did we watch that? And I'm like, <laughs> I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> so I understand exactly what you, uh, what you mean. I yeah. guess it is just like a different outlet, you know what I mean? Like, sure. like I, I play guitar too for an outlet, but sometimes it's easier right. just to throw in a movie. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to think about it. Like, I think maybe some of it for me was always thinking there's gonna be gore and, and just like, you mm. know, visually gross stuff. And maybe maybe part of it is like, because I'm from Israel or something where like, so much about so much of your culture is about like, you know, the army and yeah. war and stuff like that, that like, there's always like sad shit on TV and like, you know, movies about all that kind of stuff. And so maybe that's where it started. Maybe it was just like, oh, no, I don't want to see people like, you know, bleeding and dying and all this stuff. And a horror, horror film was like another, it was like, it's that and scary <laughs> shit all the time. Why, why would you want to go there? So I, I don't, I don't know, but that's just kind of what the path was for me. But you know what? Maybe Danny's video gave me hope. I was like, maybe <laughs> I can make it through now. Maybe I can like brave my way and there'll be ones that I really like. I don't know. I was about to ask, has there been one that you've seen a trailer for and you're like, I kind of want to see it. And then you just talk yourself out of it or anything, or is there, are you just kind of like cut them off? I'm not worried about it. <laughs> it's horror. It's, I got other stuff to do. 
I, I not 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 written up that I can remember, but yeah. if it makes you feel any better, I also haven't like really seen trailers in a long time. Either. Yeah, unless you like look for them, like me, because I'm a movie fan. It right. is hard to find them. Like uh, a lot of people use Hulu or Netflix and stuff like that, and I mean they don't show trailers and stuff like that. So unless you want to know about something and go seek it out, then right. I understand completely for sure. I I can think. <laughs> This is going to sound so lame because I can think of like one time, but I know that this is like the cheesiest, stupidest horror movie that everybody will probably make fun of me for. But if I can recall ever thinking anything, probably was when I was in high school when The Ring came out. <laughs> no, that, I, that scared me when it came out, too. I'm not going to Okay, lie, cool. So. That, that makes me feel better. Yeah. No, Cause, it, definitely cause it was like, wasn't it kind of made fun of, of like, oh, this isn't like the real thing. This is just like cheesy horror or whatever, like wasn't supposed to be a big deal. Or is that just my perception? I think eventually, uh, I think the sequels kind of muddled the way that people thought about the first one. But okay. when the first one came out, I think it was pretty well received. But I do think mm-hmm. it was one of those that later on, they're like, um, the, se- the second one, you know, wasn't well received. And then mm. Rings, I think... Uh, by that time, people were like, oh, another Ring movie. Like, the first yeah. one wasn't that good. And it's like, uh, at the time, you liked it. So don't hate on that. <laughs> but no, I uh, I really like that movie. I still enjoy the first one. But I do agree with everybody about the second and third one. They're kind of mm-hmm. just reaching at that point. But it was a remake, too, of a Japanese horror film, mm-hmm. uh, Ringu. So that, would, that might be where some of the hate that you saw came from, is people that were actually like, all they did was copy, you know, a Japanese movie and make it English. So mm-hmm. that's, that's one thing is... Uh, Sometimes that works out, and sometimes it's like you didn't really better the movie, so people could have just watched the Japanese version. It's like you can't read <laughs> subtitles, learn Japanese. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah. now that's uh, that one's pretty scary. So I'm surprised that if you got through that one, that you haven't been like able to watch that because well, that one. I don't know that I got through it. I think it was <laughs> like I saw a trailer and and I was like curious, but I yeah. think there was maybe some some slumber party at some point where it was on and I was like, you know, not looking at the TV <laughs> and and being a terrible friend and like complaining about it the whole time. <laughs> so I nearly won't come out of the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was it was not good. <laughs> no, I got you. So I just got a few uh, hypothetical questions for you. Uh, I know you work for Danny, you know, of course, with his guidance, my hope, because I know a lot of people are like worried about making the transition from musician to composer. Would you ever want to compose a movie yourself? And if so, like what genre would you want to do? You know, it could be horror, even though you're not a fan, you might still like the, you know, style of. uh, Yeah, I mean, I could, I could see it happen, happening, you know, um, I actually like when I, when I went to college I went to music school I took the intro to film scoring class because I always really loved I mean I loved film music you know Mm. but I kind of I always admired that level of musicianship because to me like and and I don't know you know I I have no experience in it but to me like putting it against the visual just always seemed like you know a higher level of musicianship and just something like beyond my you know capabilities but over the years, you know, I've just fallen in love with that music more and more. And I've kind of thought like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe it would be an interesting challenge one day when I feel like a more seasoned writer and like I'm ready for it, you know, but, Mm. um, but as a, as a, as a viewer, I I love documentaries and I watch a lot of documentaries. So maybe the most natural uh, opening for me would be maybe to start with something like that, but I don't rule it out because like I said, I, I love film music and I love music in general and I'm, yeah. I'm always open to like trying new things. Hell yeah. And that's awesome. Actually, I would say that uh, documentaries, there's something that 
uh now that you actually mention it like i never think about the scores but some of them have some pretty good scores like you just don't yeah. it's not something you think about with a documentary you know but then once you actually sit back and think about it there's some really good ones do you have a favorite uh documentary that you've seen not a favorite of all, all time but like just the uh, one that you've seen recent that you enjoy or maybe uh, recommend like for the movie you mean not the score because i can't uh, think of a good uh, oh, no no, no i'm just saying like I'm saying like a documentary, uh, just because you said yeah. you watch documentaries, have you seen one recently, uh, nothing to do with the score, but just one that you've seen recently that you enjoyed that you'd recommend like uh, people watch? One that I saw that was really good, it was kind of a, it's a bit of an older one is Catfish. Mm. Okay. It's from 2009. Like and yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember when it came out and I remember wanting to see it and it was one of those like limited screenings type of deal. And I remember mm. never, you know, seeing it and then it popped up on my Netflix one night and I was like, Oh, I, I remember this thing and you know it ended up being a completely different thing than what I thought it was for for those of you guys who don't know the movie it's about this um photographer that like starts talking to this girl online and then he you know goes out to meet her and you know it's not what you think it's going to be type of thing but it's it was just like so amazing and surprising to me throughout because I didn't know anything about it and it was you know went yeah. it went a different way than what you'd think no, definitely. And that, uh, even though, you know, definitely not horror at all, but it, no, it's no. got some suspense in it for sure. Like mm -hmm. uh, some of the moments, like when definitely. they're listening to the music and like comparing her song to the other person's song. Yeah, I know. That part that, is crazy. That whole part just makes you like, you're sitting there like, is this, is this for real? Like, there's Yeah, no yeah, I know. I know. And, and I mean, that the funny thing is like, that could never take place now. It's like amazing yeah. how much of a sign of a times that movie is now, because it's like, you know, 2009, we had smartphones and like we had Facebook and social media, but it wasn't exactly what it is today. And yeah, I mean, you'd have to, of course, like see it to, to remember like why, why that wouldn't work now. But I mean, it's just amazing how far, you know, we've come in technology in the last 10 years that you, you know, you're saying that about a movie that came out in 2009. Yeah, no, definitely. I know what you so. mean, though, because nowadays it seems like there's so much stuff that goes gets put out in the world that's fake. It's like almost everybody's yeah. used to having exactly. to do a little bit of research. So um, I hope I hope so. I yeah. really hope so. I mean, there's still people that just bite anything they're told. And I mean, and that sucks. But uh, that's just, yeah. I guess, how it is. But no, definitely. It's not as easy as it used to be. You know, back in the day, somebody would have been like, oh, she's pretty. And then everything she said was true. It's like now, right. nowadays you get to photo drop into google images and stuff like that and like oh, i'm just gonna shazam this song really quick <laughs> yep exactly like, like oh i said uh nilly's playing guitar on this <laughs> somebody's gonna be out there catfishing with your guitar playing no, i'm just kidding but yeah. uh have you ever seen the show catfish no is that kind of the same premise? it's actually it's him it's uh actually oh, okay. neve mm -hmm. went on to do a show about catfish to where he helps people that are oh, getting wow. catfish and stuff like that oh that's awesome yeah, I it's actually about that. it's gone on for quite a while now. Actually, um, it's and I really recommend it if you like the oh, movie. Awesome. You'll I watch, definitely will check it out. You watch some episodes and you'll be like, "Come on, dude!" But like, it's some, <laughs> some episodes will kind of break your heart, but some episodes you'll be like, "Like, how, how did, did you, you fall for this?" Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, there's one guy I'll tell you because it's like a random episode. He literally thought he was talking to Katy Perry. Oh no! So he met the girl that said that you know admitted to catfishing and everything. And at the end of the episode, he still said, I don't believe her. I think I'm still talking to Katy Perry. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's, felt, yeah, that's a whole other. I felt uh, bad for him until he said that. Yeah. I was like, ah, he got catfished. I feel bad. And then afterwards, when he, like, refused to believe it, I was like, all right, man. Yeah. But, uh. 
Now, so my final question for you is, do you have any horror stories of your own? And they could be, you know, just something scary as shit that happened to you. Or like, if you ever felt like something supernatural happened to you, that you'd like to share. All right. Um, well, I'll share, I'll share my biggest fear with you. Um, because it's actually, it's, this is something that happened to me recently. It's going to sound fucking ridiculous, but <laughs> since I was a kid, I've had a vomiting phobia. It was like a really traumatic thing for me since I was a kid. It always seemed like this very like violent, like, you know, force taking over your body and, and you can't do anything about it, you know, making it sound much scarier than it is, but that's how it's always been for me. And, um, last month, I, uh, unfortunately I ended my 22 and a half year, no vomiting streak and oh, I had a panic attack as it happened. Yeah. So it was enough horror for me. No, I, feel you. I, I got a... fucking dehydrated. It was like this dumbest thing ever. You know, I was like, wow, that could have been preventable. No, I have this weird, uh, phobia. I'll share one with you because you share with me, uh, mm -hmm. which I understand. Like, I understand how people could think that's silly, but at the same time, I also understand how if you don't vomit a lot, you could also be like, shit, my heart might come out with the throw up that, and I might yeah, die. It's a, so. it's, a, it's a part of it. Any person yeah. who's afraid of throwing up can count the number of times they did it in their life on one hand. But I have this weird, I have this weird phobia of like, uh, I'm out at the beach or anywhere at night where there's not like structure. Mm -hmm. I, I have this weird phobia that gravity is going to fail and I'm going to just float away. <laughs> so sometimes I'll be like freaking that the fuck out. That sounds kind of fun. Well, it's fun until you hit the atmosphere and then you're like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, That's I just, it's like, uh, I don't know where it comes from or anything. I felt it since I was little. I remember being like a little kid and like looking up at the mall, like when I was in the mall, the structure mm -hmm. being so tall that when I looked up, it frightened me. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, ever since then, I've had like this like gut feeling, like sometimes if I look up and there's like no structure or anything to grab, I'll just have like this like light weight feeling. And I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm going to go. <laughs> but I can see that. I think some people feel, feel that way about the ocean, right? Yeah. Like, and I, I mean, yeah, this vastness of like, oh, there's nothing here for me to grab onto type of, I could, yeah, I could see it. Yeah. It's Makes like sense. a weird, I mean, it's not like anybody's ever said, you know, oh, gravity's going to quit one day, but I mean, <laughs> right. yeah, you know, you never think. Yes, we never know. Gravity. Yeah. They always talk about global warming. You never know. Gravity could be one of the parts of it that go to or whatever. So <laughs> we just haven't discovered that that's what's going to happen yet. Yeah. <laughs> no. It's definitely a crazy phobia, but it's, I don't know where it comes from, but. No, I appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing and everything. Do you have anything Thank you want to promote you know. before I let you go? You know, n nothing that I can say at the moment. No, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go as far as that. But uh, I mean, honestly, like I told you, now that my big news is off my chest, I, I feel really much better. So. Hell yeah. I appreciate you coming on. Have a good night. Thanks, Tim. You too. And as usual, I just want to say thanks again for listening and make sure you check back next week for my final episode of 2020 featuring the one and only Steve Zetrozusa, the vocalist of the legendary thrash metal band Exodus. I'm super stoked for this episode and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So like I said at the beginning of the episode, Merry Christmas, Happy Belated Hanukkah, and Happy Kwanzaa. Make sure you have fun, but also make sure you stay responsible and safe as well. Now, with all that being said, make sure you follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out Loudmouth Threads who do this awesome original podcast artwork, and stay safe.